0: Hi everyone hi there this is holly and daniel yeah, and you're no
1: no no you can say no, you're listening to halfway saints oh okay. <laughs> you just
0: you're listening to halfway saints
1: that's it that's, that's all it. you get Ta-da. <laughs> um
0: i will say it is 9:45 sunday evening It's past and holly's I'm, bedtime and i'm really tired but i'm powering through mm-hmm and hopefully, I'll make sense.
1: We'll just listen to this in the morning, and it'll be totally useless.
0: I'll be like mumbling the whole time. So it'll be like a normal. So it'll
1: be like a normal podcast. Hey. I'm just kidding. You don't mumble.
0: Thanks. Thanks a lot.
1: <laughs> no, we're doing. We're both. We're great. We're doing great. We're doing great, guys. Great don't to be worry. here.
0: <laughs> just happy to be here, folks. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but Holly is pretty tired. She, I think Holly's at her funniest when she's tired, <laughs> though, so I think you're, you're in for a treat. A real treat. There was one time um, when I was in grad school, and Holly, I forget what I was doing exactly, but I stayed up later to work on something, a paper, or something like that, maybe my thesis. Um, and Holly went ahead and went to bed. Um, and I worked for probably, like, an hour or so, and Holly had already fallen asleep. And so, like, I got into bed... And Holly, like, kind of stirs and wakes up, and she just looks at me and says, you didn't do any work, and then went right back to sleep. <laughs> just woke up to insult me. So accusatory. And I think that same night, you you were kind of asleep, and you, you said, I love you. And I said, oh, I love you too. And then you, said, you just, like, woke up and like, I love you. Then you went back to sleep. So you gave me an insult, and then you told me you love me. Well, so it's I guess good. it's, it's, and it's I, balanced. I said it twice. You did, because you thought that I was saying it to you for the
0: first time. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I was dreaming telling you that I love you. Oh. Oh. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really love stories about me whenever I'm asleep because they're really funny. Well, and I... I'm funny. <laughs> Just... <laughs>
1: She's never as funny as when she's really sleepy, mm-hmm. or or half asleep.
0: Half asleep is the best.
1: We were, used to, we used to, like, if we can't fall asleep, we'll, like, ask each other questions, just, like, random questions, like, what's your favorite candy bar, or, what's your favorite state that you've never visited, um, <laughs> and one time Holly and I were playing this, because obviously she was falling asleep, didn't need <laughs> any help, but the question was, what is your favorite animal that you can ride on like an animal that is capable of <laughs> it's a good being question
0: ridden. and this was after a while of these are several questions okay.
1: yeah um, so I asked Holly what her favorite animal that she could ride on was and her answer <laughs> her answer was cake
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was already dreaming about cake I wanted to ride on some cake <laughs> Uh,
1: uh, that hasn't happened lately. I think because we're just not... both so tired we go to bed right away.
0: Oh, I wish. You know it's not the case for me. I go to sleep right away. I know. Daniel sleeps like a rock every night. No problem.
1: You say that like it's my fault. Or that it is. It's, it's your thing. fault
0: that you're better at sleeping than I am. First trimester is very difficult to sleep. Second trimester is apparently just the best for everything. And then third trimester, again, you can't sleep very well. Oh,
1: Because you have a Basketball. I
0: know, hiding under your hiding belly. Under your belly. <laughs> but um. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't happen very often anymore because I'm not as sleepy as I used to be. And we're going to bed at like 9:30. We used yeah. to go to sleep at like 11.
1: Whoa, we got pretty, Whoa. We We're pretty crazy. I don't know if we should share that that we would stay up till 11.
0: All I know, the police might come get us.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> it's... I know. You don't have to explain it. all right uh,
0: no, we've made fools of yeah of me is what that <laughs> <laughs> didn't make any sense <laughs> but oh it's kind of appropriate for, <laughs> what is our topic for oh, being yeah. sleepy <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't think it is not really good segue Holly. Uh, huh? <laughs> good job Sometimes you have to compliment yourself. <laughs>
0: you know, build, build yourself up.
1: <laughs> Holly's trying to get me to go on. She's pointing at the topic Come on, on her notebook. There, there. I'm just letting her squirm for a little while longer.
0: Tonight we're going uh, to talk about
1: mystery. Okay. We also said we weren't going to say today we're going to talk about.
0: Do we ever say that? I yeah. don't remember saying that. Yeah.
1: You said I don't want to say the episode number and I don't want to just introduce our topic. But well, I did Fortunately, I so- did. Oh,
0: I remember we talking about that now.
1: <sighs> anyway, cat's out of the bag. But earlier this week, I was um, driving home from work, and I was listening to NPR, and there was an interview, um, I think it was Fresh Air, Terry Gross, Terry Gross was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I slightly mispronounced her name, it's not Terry that- Gross. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, we're Are you just done? Are you done? No. But um, well, I was listening to NPR, and there's a- <laughs> What? Go on. <laughs>
0: tell a story. Tell a story. It's fine.
1: And it was an interview, and... <laughs> I'm trying to tell it. You keep giggling. I am sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and through the course of the interview, obviously the interviewer and the interviewee had different points, um, or were com- had different points of view... <laughs> And the person being interviewed just kept um, like speaking around the questions. Like any a lot of any semi political interview, people are just gonna talk around questions, and it's really really frustrating. But the um, person being interviewed was just like speaking around these questions. And um, at one point, I was like kind of frustrated, and I was like, "Why doesn't he just say I don't know or No, I didn't think about that." Or, well, you're right in this regard, but here's this other point. Like, he just kept sticking to his talking points.
0: Right. Like, he, what was happening was she was asking him questions that he didn't have prepared answers for. Right. So he just skirt around them.
1: Yeah, and bring it back to his talking points. It was just really frustrating because as just a radio listener, like, I listen to radio to, like, hear different viewpoints and, like, get information. Like, going into the interview, I could probably tell you what this guy thinks about this. So I don't need him to just regurgitate them. I'd like right. to see like how he responds to this other point of view and right. And that was just to me would be compelling. So I was just like why do they even bother interviewing people like they're just going to stick to their talking points. They're going to ignore these questions. And like nobody wins. Like yeah. you just waste 15 minutes of your ride home.
0: They just talk at each other. They do. They're not talking to each other.
1: They do. But that made me realize that people are very uncomfortable saying, I don't know, or, oh, I'm not sure. Or maybe I didn't think that all the way through. Like, Mm -hmm. especially um, in politics, people who are in the public eye, they don't say, I don't know. Because that's kind of worse than having a bad idea in a lot of ways. Even in, you know, in business or anything, if you act like you don't know something, you're kind of, that's the worst thing you could possibly do.
0: Yeah, even though it shows a good sign of humility.
1: Right, and it's just kind of like no one knows There's, everything. It's
0: impossible for you to have covered every single point in every single circumstance. So yeah, you're gonna come up on things that you don't know. So you just say, "I don't know." Yeah, but this. Think about
1: it the next time you see like a politician or am being interviewed. Uh, see if they ever say, "I don't, I don't know about that. I never thought about it that way." Hmm. Well, I'm to the bet they'll never say it. Yeah. But that made me think of our society and our cultures, kind of. Um, attachment to knowing and knowledge like if you don't know some, what are you doing
0: there's this thing on your shirt that i thought was a giant spider oh i got it okay. and it wasn't and it wasn't a giant okay, spider okay.
1: sorry <laughs> crisis averted
0: i was i just had to get it
1: thank you try to um, do it smoothly you know you but didn't because your eyes kept darting to the back of my if shoulder if it was a giant spider <laughs>
0: like warranted Anywho our societies.
1: Right. We um we have to know. Like ignorance is kind of the worst thing that you can think of. Yeah. Even if someone like doesn't know a certain topic, like everyone's talking about this one thing, like you don't want to say, Oh, I don't know, what are you talking about? Or Oh, I'm not sure, I don't have an opinion on that because it's what everyone else has been talking about. Right. So just the idea of um Allowing yourself not to know and taking that time to form an opinion or just to investigate, like, it just doesn't exist.
0: Because we also live in a time where, like, we have the internet.
1: (laughs) We do have the internet.
0: (laughs) Where, like, every, all knowledge is available to us through Google.
1: Lots of knowledge. I wouldn't say all knowledge. Lots of knowledge. We would have no need of Jesus if Google gave us all knowledge.
0: Okay. You know what I mean. But so much is available (laughs) through the internet. So it's kind of expected that if you don't know something, you figure it out. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's never, they like society doesn't expect you to just like let it be Mm -hmm. because you have, like, we have the resources to look through and to get it, to get to the answer and get to the the facts. Right. But um, things that don't have factual. Answers mm-hmm. um, are disregarded in that sense,
1: right. or something that could have two, like where there are two reasonable positions to take on mm-hmm. something. Like we don't, people aren't comfortable saying I don't know. I'm in between. Mm-hmm. Most people are,
0: and at right. least they're uncomfortable saying. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: So with that in mind, I've been kind of reflecting lately, like over this weekend and a little bit this week on. The idea of mystery and mystery as a as it pertains to the church and Christianity, um, and I think a good way of understanding because people we speak of mysteries all the time in the church, and mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people don't fully know what it means. I think it's an instance where we have a word that has a very specific definition, but that isn't always clearly communicated. Like, yeah, like people hear mystery all the time, but it's not accompanied by an explanation. So we just think of mystery in the conventional sense, like, oh, it's something we don't know. Like, oh, right. that's a mystery. We can't figure that out.
0: Yeah. And that there's nothing based around it. Right. Where there is.
1: Um, and I think that's kind of dangerous. Like a lot of time, like, I feel like there are other words too, like religious liberty. We say that word a lot. But I don't think people are yeah. explaining what that means. And even something like human dignity. Like, yeah. there are words we use that the people using them know the, the definition, but it may not be totally clear to everyone listening. Totally. But that's beside the point. Mystery, I think, is a big word where people hear that and they kind of just don't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah, I think that the the problem with hearing the word mystery over and over again is that it's like, okay, it's a mystery, and we're just going to leave it at that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's almost an answer you give um, your, like, third grade CCD class.
0: Yeah. Like, you explain the
1: Trinity, you make the, like, shamrocks and the little (laughs) things, and someone asks a question, like, oh, it's a mystery. We don't know.
0: And that's it. And they're just Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's all I have to go on. Where mysteries have a lot to, like, investigate and to, like, look into.
1: Mm -hmm. And um, I heard a really good explanation and kind of, definition of mystery from uh, my best friend the rhinos podcast Mm -hmm. i forget what episode it was but they're talking about mystery they may have been talking about the sacraments
0: maybe or
1: not um but they made the distinction between positive mystery and negative mystery Mm -hmm. and a negative mystery is kind of what you generally think of like oh who ate all the cookies the answer is holly but if you don't (laughs) it wasn't me Uh, let me use another example. <laughs> Sorry, I got Holly too excited.
0: <laughs> Where are the cookies?
1: But it's uh who forgot to shut the door and the dog got out. Like, oh we don't know, it's a mystery. It's something you don't know. Um whereas a positive mystery is something that you cannot know enough of. So like mm. the Trinity.
0: I remember this. Oh, this okay, good. good.
1: It's <laughs> good. <laughs> so like the Trinity, like we know the you know, in God there are three persons and they're all um, God. It's one God with three persons. And we can kind of grasp that but we can still always go further into into it. Like we're not going to in this lifetime ever fully comprehend what the Trinity is. There's always more to it. And so that's the sense of mystery that the church is speaking about when it says mysteries. It's Um,
0: not something that you'll never know. It's something that you can't know everything
1: of. Right. You can always kind of learn more about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a good way to look at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did want to re say the podcast that we learned that from because, uh, their name is long and can get muddled. It's my best friend, the Rhino. (laughs) Yes. I still don't know why they call it that, but I just wanted to be clear because they are our podcast friends and we do want to refer you guys to them. Yeah. And they have good information, obviously. They do.
1: um, so, yeah, there are lots of mysteries um, in the church. The Excuse me, the rosary when you pray the, mos- the mosary. <laughs> the mosary you pray the rosary. <laughs> the more your soul grows. Oh, no, good one, good one. <laughs> we don't even need the microphone on tonight. I just make each other laugh um but within the rosary you pray the mysteries of the rosaries the luminous or the sorrowful mysteries and they're all um events that have a mysterious aspect like um the scourging at the pillar of christ where it's kind of like this is the lord of the universe he's being like beaten as a like mere criminal and so like on the surface, it's like, why is this happening? Like, that's kind of the initial mystery, or like, how is this allowed to happen? And you can go into that more and more and more, and some of the mm-hmm. other mysteries are, like, the transfiguration, where it's... Mm-hmm. That's a, a good example of it. Like, yeah. we're not really sure what exactly is happening. Like, we have hints at it, and we can learn more about it, but we're not going to be like, oh, yeah, transfiguration, that's what it was. Got it. Got it.
0: Yeah. So like, throughout
1: the church, there are lots of um, mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sacraments... Um, are also considered mysteries. And I think in the Eastern Church, the word they use for mystery and sacrament is the same thing. I think it's mysterion. Mm-hmm. Um, so our sacraments in a similar way are, are mysteries. Like we kind of know what's going on, but we can never fully comprehend them.
0: And I I love how the, the church encourages you to look into them and to explore them deeper. Mm-hmm. Not only by experiencing them, but also, like, pondering and reflecting during them and after them. And, um, like, through the examination of conscience and through your... um... Shoot. This is an easy one. What do you do after confession? Your penance? Yeah, penance. (laughs) I wanted to say Persian. (laughs) I
1: don't
0: know why. Um, But they help you to reflect on the mystery Mm -hmm. and then you don't you never fully can grasp what just happened right
1: yeah and so i think the eucharist um is a big one where it's um and at the beginning of the mass the um the priest says let us call to mind our sins before we celebrate these sacred mysteries yes or something something similar before the confidior um so right there at the beginning of Mass, we're reminded, like, this is a mystery. We don't really understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Eucharist is a good example of something where we can, like, kind of know more about it, but never fully know, know it. It's, cr- yeah. And then in the in the Western Church, there's been a lot of, um Thomas Aquinas is really big into delving deeper into the mystery of the Eucharist. And he's where we get the bulk of the idea of um, transubstantiation and kind of how... This mystery may work metaphysically, Um, but even St. Thomas Aquinas, I think he was the one who said, excuse me, um, if we truly understood what was happening with the Eucharist, we would die of joy.
0: I thought it was at the Mass. If we truly understood the Mass.
1: Yeah, I said the Eucharist.
0: Is that the same? The the liturgy is all pointed to Yeah, but he
1: was speaking of the Eucharist in that sense
0: i know but i thought the sentence was if we fully understood what was i know
1: i was paraphrasing oh i get it okay (laughs) (laughs) point made um okay sorry (laughs) but thomas aquinas was also the one who um on his deathbed said that all of his work all of the volumes he wrote were all straw so like Mm -hmm. approaching the beatific vision he admits I, you know, this doesn't even come close to expressing it.
0: Which is crazy because he's one of the most, like, uh, he's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> he and he wrote so much that revealed so many different things right. to the church. Right.
1: So the, um, the Western church does kind of put an emphasis, Western meaning the Roman Catholic church, the Roman right. Um does tend to have, have more of a tradition of like looking into these mysteries and like what can we use in our reason and our intellect to try to maybe learn more about these mm-hmm. and how these work. The Eastern Church, um, they're more that tradition is more of just letting them be mysteries and they don't um, have sort of formal explanations or um, lines of thought where they're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good, that's probably what's going on here. They tend to leave it. They sort of stand to fur- tend to stand further back from it.
0: I didn't know that about the Eastern. Yeah. Interesting, but going back with uh, Eucharist and that mystery, that um, every week Daniel and I kind of switch off between going to our young adult uh, hour of adoration and then fellowship afterward. But every time during that hour of adoration, for me, I'm always like, Lord, like, show me what this is, because this is like so beyond my any comprehension that I can barely even, like, grasp what's happening before me. Mm-hmm. But to go back what to what Aquinas said, that if I did know what was happening before me, I would die of joy. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, I would be in if the you, beatific vision.
1: Right, if you truly grasp what is happening. And right. What you're experiencing.
0: I know, but we can't. We just mm-hmm. have so many things in our way. Yeah. Sorry. I know.
1: <laughs> Today at Mass, though, um, we are going forward to receive communion um and as we mentioned before at our parish we like kneel at the altar rail um to receive communion and when I was kneeling there I looked over and one of our altar servers who wasn't um you know holding the patent for communion with the priests um was just kneeling like on the steps up to the altar near the tabernacle oh and it was just like I for whatever reason I'm usually on like the far like left side mm-hmm. like not in front of the main altar but today I was like right in front of the main altar and just okay. like looking up seeing like the tabernacle open cuz they'd removed the Eucharist for to for communion and this boy who was probably like probably in his early teens like
0: mm.
1: um just sitting there like very reverently like palms pressed together um kneeling at the steps up to the altar and like the chalice is up there on the altar and it was just like this really beautiful glimpse of kind of what we're, I don't know what it's all about. Like, here's this boy who, like, most, I don't know, I'm going to say he's 13, like, 13-year-old boys could, like, that's the last thing they would want to be doing. Mm. And he's not even, like, he's just waiting, pretty much. Like, he's not out there with the priest helping distribute communion. He's just, like, patiently waiting and, like, patiently praying. And it was just, like, a really beautiful image. And I think that is a good... Example of how sort of the mystery of this works. Like here's the situation. Like I can't explain it. Like it do, it doesn't really make sense for this boy to be here in this moment. And like I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's so funny that you had that experience today because obviously I was right next to Daniel and um while I was waiting, uh, I was looking at the statue of the angels kneeling, mm. and I was like, Lord, you're so huge and giant and amazing and awesome that angels and saints bow before you. And it's like the same, like even they acknowledge this like mystery, mystery and mm-hmm. awe inspiring thing that's happening here. And so I, I was praying to say like, let me be more like that angel to like yeah. know what, what this is before me.
1: Right. And that's kind of like if the angels and saints are kneeling, like they're in heaven, like no. they kind of, you know, so it's it's just, it helps you to remind you of like how much you don't know. Right. And how much is kind of, um, to be revealed. Like St. Paul talks about us. Um, I forget what he said exactly, but we look through a veil darkly, Mm -hmm. like through the incarnation and, um, the institution of the sacraments, we get a glimpse of what it's like. Like we had nothing before. Now we get a glimpse, but it's kind of like through, it's through a glass darkly, not a veil. Right.
0: Yeah, totally. I know. (laughs)
1: um but we can kind of see it but it's kind of like what is that exactly i'm not sure mm-hmm. um so there's still so much more for us to know or mm-hmm. for us to it's like beyond knowing more for us to experience i guess yeah we're saying it.
0: it's like those um the glass blocks that they use in bathrooms
1: uh i think they're called glass block blocks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they're all wavy yeah it's like you can like you can kind of make out there's like a tree outside and right? you see that there's don't... blue, but there you definitely can't figure
1: out. Right. You can't see like, oh it's a pine tree with these pine needles and right. pine cones on it. It's just kind of blurry. Yeah. Right. Or like uh like a dark glass. Like Sam I Paul said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just was wanting a more um... Okay.
1: He could have gone. I they tradition didn't have says blocks. tradition glass says blocks. he was either going through like glass block <laughs> or glass darkly. He went back and forth.
0: I just needed it from us. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Eucharist is a really good example of um, something that we can know and experience, but it, that it's still a mystery. Right. Um, and I think marriage also is another one, um, a sacrament that we are um, a part of and a vocation that we live out and something that is, um, you know, the Eucharist is part of our daily lives, but marriage is also, um, I don't want to say we experience it more, but we maybe have been thinking about it more as a sacrament and done our own right. searching um, through it. Mm-hmm. So I think that... Um, yeah, so I think marriage is another one where you can kind of delve more deeply into it and mm-hmm. get more out of it.
0: And it's... It's interesting that marriage is such a mystery because, like, I remember... what
1: I was going say, well, because it's, it's so common. Like, it just happens. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, yeah. like, before... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting because, um, I guess this is true of baptism too, but marriage is one of the things that Christ raised to the level of a sacrament. Like mm-hmm. there was marriage before Christ came, but he said, this institution, I'm making this a sacrament. I'm, I'm making this a way through which you will experience my grace. Mm-hmm. And kind of, he did that kind of with baptism too, because John was baptizing before, and it wasn't yeah, until Christ did. was baptized in the Jordan that it was kind of, Elevated to right. where it is now.
0: But sorry, what I was going to say oh. was that. <laughs> um, like for us, like we definitely knew that we wanted to be married, but we had no idea what we were getting into at all. And I think that um, our culture is so obsessed with this whole like knowing everything and not having, not wanting any kind of mystery is that they've, it's like they want to know what marriage is before marriage even though the only way so i'm not making myself clear here marriage can only be like understood most fully when you're in it right so but culture wants to know marriage before they're in it because they want to know right now and at this very moment
1: right specifically through like living together and having sex before they're married
0: i was getting there okay
1: i didn't know you were like meandering there
0: that's the way that i do
1: okay (laughs) <laughs> if that's the way that you do, let me, let me just step aside.
0: But yeah. And so they're, they're like jumping into marriage things before marriage to understand mm-hmm. marriage, where if you take the marriage out of it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's where like ho- hookup culture and a lot of brokenness is being seen in our culture. Right. If
1: you just try to live out certain marital. Uh, the like
0: fun parts of marriage. Yeah,
1: experiences. Yeah. Without having the full sacramental understanding of it, it kind of, yeah, it falls flat. Right.
0: And so it's been really hard for us. Like, sometimes we'll see friends or whatever, like, um, wanting to do certain things before marriage. And we're like, oh, I wish, I wish that they would know that they're so much more, like, so much better there, like, in marriage for them. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we were in the same place. Like, whenever we were wanting to get married and stuff, we were saying the same things. Like, we weren't... We weren't living together like all that stuff but we were saying this okay i'm getting really lost
1: i don't know i don't were know we where i going i was trying to <laughs> I, I can't i don't know Well, like
0: you and i talked about like oh we could just go get married in the like by the state and like just get the like marriage down and then like have a real wedding later
1: i don't remember having that conversation okay i think totally we talked did. about having like a small like a little wedding. not like a court right. wedding
0: yeah a church wedding sorry Misspoke. but i
1: think okay let me try to salvage <laughs> this we definitely going into marriage didn't kind of realize the fullness of it
0: right we we wanted to take shortcuts um because we didn't know the full fullness
1: of initially marriage. like very early on
0: very very not early like
1: on. when we're leading up I to I, have to what so like yes maybe like in high school or college we were yeah that. yeah you have to I know. give them the timeline otherwise it doesn't it make just sense. sounds i know <laughs> But yeah, we like even um yeah, early on didn't really understand marriage and didn't understand why like these things have to go in this in this order. order. Yeah. Right.
0: So we questioned a lot and we investigated a lot, but then we just had to we had to make the decision to say like, no, I trust the teaching here that I need to wait until marriage. And mm-hmm. just like all that you can do whenever you have all of these questions about like why does it have to go in this order is trust trust that it comes after marriage. Right. And it's really, really hard. And I think that's why culture like has such a hard time dealing with it Mm -hmm. because trusting a teaching that to you doesn't make any sense at the, at the moment is really hard. But then like once you're in it, you're like, yeah, this makes a ton of sense Mm -hmm. because you just understand it more fully. Yeah. I think, did I do it? I I don't know. Uh,
1: We'll have to see. If you thought Holly nailed it, send us an email. you Don't put in a body. Just put subject line, nailed it, and we'll know. Nailed it. Killed (laughs) it. (laughs) Uh, um, I was kind of thinking differently when I um, was thinking of, like, marriage as a mystery. Mm -hmm. um, In that, just kind of the concept of it is kind of, like, you kind of say, oh, yeah, totally, two people... Get married. They live together. They live as one, and we kind of gloss over that. But that's just a very, very strange thing to say. Like these two are becoming one flesh. Like what exactly does that mean? Yeah. And like you can, you can kind of unite. Um, in lots of ways, like oh, we're gonna unite finances, and we're gonna live in one house, and we're gonna take the same name, and we're gonna and into a more. uh to a deeper extent, like we're going to have children and they're going to be people who are a union of the two of us. Crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) But that's still like, there's still two individuals in that relationship. Right. So I think that part is kind of one of the biggest mysteries. um, of That there's there's these two people, they're united fully. Like they become one flesh. They have, um, you know, they have children who are part of each and they're sort of this very intimate union but they still retain their individuality
0: you're saying like the same words to describe the trinity
1: yeah well you Whoa. just you just oh, blew man. my point dang it <laughs>
0: it's just that i got there it's no so, i wasn't I'm so smart i know
1: i wasn't gonna um, going toward the trinity but i was thinking more of um how that's a foretaste of heaven right where there's union with Christ and it's kind of across the board, everyone in heaven is united with Christ and united with one another, but we re- we maintain our individuality and our personhood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's just kind of a mystery, like how do you have this intimate union but remain individuals? Yeah. And that's kind of, um, there's a foretaste of that in marriage. And that's one part where you can kind of delve into it. And like, just through experiencing it, like Holly and I tell each other all the time, like, like mm-hmm. we'll just stop and be in like, smile and say like i forgot we were different people because it's just like you spend so much time together and you're so close that you just forget like oh that's another person like i just kind of like like oh that's holly like just just a part of yeah like just that little thing that laughs and is always at my side um
0: i thought you when you daniel made like the chatter hand oh and so i thought you were gonna say something mean so i had i already punched you (laughs) before he said that
1: um But yeah, just through experiencing and, like, living out the sacrament, you, the mystery, like, I can kind of sense, like, this makes sense, but it's so hard for me to explain. Yeah. Like, to explain to someone else who doesn't have the same view of marriage as we do, to say, like, oh, yeah, it's great, you're, like, the same person, but you're not, and you rely totally on them, and they rely totally on you, and it's, it's just really hard to explain, and it is, it really is a mystery Mm -hmm. in that we kind of both know what's going on, but we don't really get it. Right.
0: God's working through us in ways that we have no one, un- no understanding, mm-hmm. but it is really difficult to, ex- yeah, there's, there's just no way to explain it to someone who's not in it because it doesn't make any sense.
1: Or who doesn't have the same s- foundation of it. Yes. Like, I think you can understand marriage without living it. I think you understand it to a different degree. Yes. You're outside of it,
0: yes. but, um, yeah, yeah. Marriage is pretty awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And um, whenever I think of contemplation and thinking, uh, kind of just holding something and meditating it, I always think of Mary um, in the, I forget, I think it's Luke's gospel. One of the gospels, it says a couple of times that um, Mary held all these things in her heart. Oh, I love it. And it's just such like a beautiful thing that she doesn't, fully understand them but she like is willing to take them to into her heart and to contemplate them mm-hmm. and really delve into these mysteries and it's kind of fitting then that um, the rosary which is like one of the great Marian prayers it's all about meditating on mysteries what?
0: what was that noise? I don't know it scared me um, I
1: didn't hear it <laughs>
0: maybe I made it up
1: no we would have seen the spikes if there was a noise it sounded like static I don't no. know maybe it's in your brain
0: uh oh but it's really interesting. Like, I just think of Mary, like, experiencing something and be like, oh, that was really good. And, like, grabbing it and putting it in her heart and, like, storing it for later to, like, okay, I'm going to look into that more later. But she, like, picked that up, stuck it in her heart, and then gave it back to us in the rosary. Yeah. You know, that she was, like, like oh, I wish this I could remember. Really I
1: want to say, like, it's the presentation in the temple, but it's, like, one of the mysteries. And it says, like, Mary held these things in her heart. I think that's just such a better way of thinking, like, you can say contemplation and meditation and like discernment, but like really what that is, is holding something in your heart and giving it time to develop. Yes. Like we, you are not going to understand a mystery um, in the sense that the church speaks of in an afternoon or by reading an article on Wikipedia. Like it just takes real time and effort, like sitting here um, and just being open to going deeper into it because it's not an intellectual grasping. Right. And that's, um, like, with me, that's, like, a big problem. I always want to, like, intellectually grasp it and, like, know it in my brain. Mm -hmm. But that's not how it is. Like, it's almost like um, you're possessed by the knowledge rather than you possessing it.
0: That's what I was about to say. Oh,
1: it's exactly what you're going to (laughs) say?
0: No, I was going to say it knows you. Oh, okay. Instead of you know it. (laughs) That's good. Six words. (laughs) But, um, yeah, and sometimes, like, sitting with a mystery and, like, trying to, you know, dig deeper into it and to meditate on it, a lot of that time is just going to be silence. Mm -hmm. Where you're just like, this is it. Take me somewhere. Like, Lord, (laughs) take me somewhere. Get me somewhere with this. And it's just being, like what you said, it's just being open to him speaking through the mystery to you and revealing more himself through the mystery to you Mm -hmm. but it takes a lot
1: and I think um, through contemplating mysteries you get to have um, a sense for the what is mysterious in life Um, like Mm -hmm. Flannery O'Connor often writes about um, recognizing mystery and how people don't recognize mystery and if you are kind of in tune with these mysteries that the church has identified and like spending time with them and delving deeper in them you can in your everyday life um, kind of see the sacramental reality that underlies everything and like delve Mm -hmm. into those mysteries. Cause I think there's definitely situations in life where you're like, something happened here. Like I kind of know what happened, but I'm not really sure what happened. Like at mass today, like why was I struck by Mm -hmm. that altar server sitting there, kneeling there praying while I was waiting to receive the Eucharist. And I think, I think Mm -hmm. I need to, sit with that and allow that to sink in. And I think when you are um, kind of in the right mindset to sort of um, spend time with mysteries, you can see them throughout your life and delve deeper in them and to see the way in which God is working in that moment, whether it's like meeting someone or... Because we've all met people where it's like, what was it with that guy? Like, Mm -hmm. what is what was so interesting about our encounter?
0: And uh, I for me, if I give myself like time to like ponder or like meditate on those things i uh i get really lost in my own thoughts and so i have to write it all down Mm -hmm. so i just want to encourage everyone else who's like me to journal Mm -hmm. because it really has been has been very helpful for me there have been a couple times when i've been praying the rosary and something like this mystery will come out to me and i'm like okay, after this rosary, I'm going to journal about that. And then I don't Mm -hmm. because I, I don't know, run out of time or Jack needs me or whatever. And then I've, I have forgotten that mystery, you know, and I haven't been able to delve into that again. Hopefully the Lord will reveal it to me again, but like, I get really frustrated. So like, don't miss out.
1: Yeah. And I think if, if you're sort of unfamiliar with the rosary, you don't pray the rosary. I think a good way to start is just to meditate on the mysteries. Mm -hmm. Like just take, you know one of the groups of mysteries and just spend five ten you know not even like a minute on each right and i think because what the rosary does is it um i've I've heard it as like praying with scripture in the background so you like read the mystery and say like the first a mystery um and then you i think it's christ being scourged the pillar or condemned to death anyway mm-hmm. um and then you pray Hail Marys and Our Father and in Our Father and a Glory Be and a Fatima prayer, um, while meditating on that. So you're sort of praying while meditating on it. Mm-hmm. And for me, sometimes I get kind of caught up on the words I'm saying. Um, but the main one of the main one of the main functions of that prayer is to get you to meditate on these mysteries. So I think that would be, and that's something. Having said that, it's something I think I'm going to try to do is to mm-hmm. just look at the mysteries and meditate on them. Right. Um, and just kind of foster that sense, that sense of the mysterious, as well as the ability to take time and let them, to take them into my heart and focus on them. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks.
0: (laughs) I just think that it's all
1: really cool. It is really cool. Super. People don't realize how cool we are. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it really is great because the, um... What's the line from Gerard Manley Hopkins? Something like the world is charged with the splendor of God. So it implies mm-hmm. like all of creation kind of is like charged with God. Like there's like a yeah. pulse of God going through it all.
0: It's true. So when
1: you stop and Flannery O'Connor is big on this too. If you just stop and look at these situations, there's beauty and there's mystery there that you can, that you can delve into because yeah. we, we can't see it right now, but there is a sacramental reality. Like baptism does something. It, makes a difference in your soul and if we believe in God and in Christ and what Christ says we have to um, have hope of that reality even though we can't see it it's there we don't understand and through becoming more in tune with that we can kind of see that sacramental reality in our everyday lives kind of seeping through the surface
0: because I think that's the way that the Lord looks through or looks at the world yeah you know like he sees all these eternal truths Mm -hmm. So the more that we can kind of tune our minds into that, the closer we will be to him.
1: Yeah. And vice versa, the closer we are to Christ, the more, the better we can kind of see the world as he sees it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Keep at it.
1: Keep at it. All right. Holly is nodding off. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But we hope you enjoyed our discussion. Um,
0: Email us if we killed it.
1: <laughs> if, if, <yeah. laughs> it was a good joke, Alex. Thank you. I know. Yes. I just
0: wanted to do it, again. Wanted to it uh,
1: again. But thanks everyone for listening. Um if you have any questions or feedback or um, just want to let us know you're out there, um, feel free to send us an email at halfway saints podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us follow us.
0: <laughs> follow us rather right on Twitter.
1: <laughs> follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. Like us on Facebook. Um, and if you're so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it, and it helps other people find the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So um, have a great week for everyone. Pray for us. We'll keep you all in our prayers throughout the week.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and we'll be back next week. Have a
0: great week, everybody. Bye,
1: everyone. Bye.